welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. It is better to conquer yourself than to win a thousand battles. Then the victory is yours. It cannot be taken from you, not by angels or by demons, not by heaven or hell, said the Buddha. To expand on this further, I wonder if feeling complete self-love is how we experience heaven on earth. So today we are discussing the concept of creating heaven on earth for yourself. I've invited back to the show Brandon Bazaar to explain to us his concept of creating heaven on earth. Brandon helps visionaries, entrepreneurs and thought leaders master their life's work by integrating their fear so they can experience true freedom. He has a coaching business, holds retreats, workshops and seminars in the US and abroad and is available for coaching here in Los Angeles and, of course, anywhere else in the world as well, thanks to technology. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back. You once sent an email that said the subject line, I'm excited to die, which is a catchy way to explain how you can bring feelings of the afterlife that it promises to earth without actually, you know, physically dying. Can you please explain what you mean about this and what is heaven on earth? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to die is really being excited for your ego self or personality self, or as I'll say in this, your small self to die. So when my small self dies, my higher self steps in and my higher self only knows the feelings associated with quote, the divine source of the universe, which is the foundation of it is unconditional love then expressed in different ways. Unconditional love can be expressed as gratitude, as appreciation, as excitement, as joy, as bliss, all different levels of love. So when the ego dies or when your small self dies, then you become this beacon of light Mm -hmm. where in your reality, the way that you perceive and for the most part, the way that you're even received is what people would call heavenly. And all that means is of the unconditional love presence, meaning I'm not, I don't condemn others. I don't judge others because what I see in them is a reflection of what I see in myself. And as soon as that ego self is dead and that divine presence is in, you only have one choice, which is to see all that is contained within all that is as all that is. Yeah. Right. You just, Oh, that chair is real. That book is there. That's here. Mm. And it's part of divinity in form because it's here mm-hmm. and I'm here and you're here mm-hmm. and they're, we're all here. It means we're all part of it. Yeah. So just like this, this simple but very total and complete identity that you can form. Mm-hmm. And that's the experience. Heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. How do we create a new identity with the source divine God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to first look at your definition of God, 
And if you have a definition that says it's outside of me, you'll never create a good, healthy relationship with God or the universe because you're perpetuating separation. The more that you worship something outside of yourself, the more distance you create. Between. You're giving that the superpower the and you've superpower. got nothing at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. So all of the ancient texts, every religion is centered around a God within. No religion was written by God. It's all written by man. Yeah. And the level of consciousness at the time when it was written reflected what they were able to receive and what they were able to actualize and realize within, within themselves. Mm -hmm. And the collective then, they weren't at a place where they could accept, oh, wait, I, there's divinity within me. I'm not just this like worthless human that has to like praise these gods. Well, Jesus got um, blamed for blasphemy because he said that he was one within God and right. that that was considered blasphemy back then to even right. consider God to be within. Right, right. And then that got extrapolated to mean, well, only Jesus can be that. We, yeah. and, and because they were in such a place of fear looking, like if you look around at the times, very much a war-stricken world, you know, way more than it is now. Very fear-based consciousness mm. collectively looking for answers, looking to not fully take responsibility, yeah. right? Anytime we don't want to take responsibility, we want to blame or give our power to something else. So we can say, oh, well, I can't do anything about it, but I'm just, they can. So, and if you're not giving your power, like, like I am to them, you're going to remind me of where I'm judging myself as not powerful. Yeah, I call that victimhood mentality. That's what it is. Yeah. And that's that's really the devil, evil. All it is is a representation of victim consciousness. Mm. It's almost like you have love consciousness and victim consciousness as the two, like the heaven and hell, the mm. two foundations. From victimhood, a lot can arise. Fear, doubt, mm -hmm. shame, guilt, blame, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Um. Now I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I just forgot the question as well. <laughs> How can we create I'll a new identity? identity. Right. Yeah. So the first part, right, redefine your definition of whatever you want to call it. You need to also remember that language is a human thing, yeah. right? This was created from us, from humans. Yeah. So what you call it really doesn't matter. When you start putting weight on, oh, no, it's God. No, it's Buddha. No, it's I just this. say all is one and one is all. And I've mm -hmm. come to, I've only come to that in the past couple of months, actually. Mm -hmm. And I believe all of them now because yeah. all is one and one is all. Yeah. And the essence of all of them is the same message, right. which is love. Yeah. And it's within. Yeah, exactly. And what makes them all valid is that they are here. They mm. do exist. And because someone believed it, they actually, and if you just look at the most cutting edge physics right now and what's going on with the quantum people that physics, quantum yeah. physics, the people that really need that proof mm -hmm. outside of thousands of years of texts and ancient mm -hmm. stuff, then you know that someone in fact does create their reality and it's through their belief system. Mm -hmm. So when I'm believing in Buddha, whether Buddha was real or not, which obviously I believe there was a Buddha or Jesus Christ my belief in that individual will create the physical evidence to prove my belief. Mm. Sometimes it'll be out of kind of like thin air. Oh, we found these things. Sometimes it'll be out of interpreting texts a certain way to mm -hmm. reinforce your belief. So it's really your belief, which is validating all these things, not the things just being inherently valid. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. So we always get to choose what's valid for me. Right. And the fact that you believe it means that it's real and true for you. Mm -hmm. And this is the part that so many people have a hard time understanding. If I'm sitting next once to somebody that has a, a opposing belief that would contradict my belief, 
It's not that they're wrong and I'm right. It's that we're both right and we're simultaneously coexisting in parallel realities mm -hmm. that are proving each other right. Mm -hmm. Right? So he's showing me evidence that's really just showing me where he's at energetically with a belief. I'm showing him evidence where I'm at energetically at a belief. There's no right or wrong there. There's just two people that are at a place with two beliefs. Yeah. And because they coexist proves they're able to coexist. <laughs> so it's, it, it's the science of the obvious. There's a lot of this obvious stuff out there, but we just make it so complex because we think that, well, if you believe this and I believe that, we must be in conflict. This is a very old paradigm that stems from victimhood that because I'm right, I'm more important, valuable, yeah. I'm more um, powerful, mm. I'm smarter. Because all those beliefs are associated with being right and mm. there being someone wrong, we think being wrong is so bad, but mm. really being wrong is real, mm. right? There's no such thing as being wrong. Yeah. And that's hard for a lot of people to understand, but when you truly get that, an, easy, an easier way to come to that is knowing that you are a creator being. Like you do create and generate your own reality and you are an aspect of the divine as is everyone else. So why do you need to prove yourself? Mm. So when you come to that place of, okay, I'm redefining my relationship with what I, what and where and who I think God or the universe is. I see that there's all that is, and that's really what there is. There's just mm. that. How I want to label it, however, what design nature by certain Fibonacci spirals and numerology and all this perfect stuff, what did that? We can't know. Mm. Like we, we only can exist in probabilities. Whatever the, a listener or you or me, whatever we think we know, if we actually ask the question, well, how do you know? We'd say, well, because I read it in this book and they did a study. How do you know the study was real? Did you talk to the people? No, I just saw it here. How do you know it's not fraud? You can ask question after question until literally everything you think you know, you cannot empirically yeah. prove. So everything that we think we know is just a probability. Mm. So when people are like, no, this is fact, this happened, da, 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 it's okay. You can believe that, but it's not true to the nature of reality. Everything's in probabilities. Well, everything's perception as well. Like I even have this example um, for police officers mm. Uh, something happens and you and I could be there and we both witnessed the exact same thing mm -hmm. in the exact same moment. And I had this incident happen where I needed to go to the police. I wasn't, it wasn't because I was in trouble, but I had a colleague with me as mm -hmm. well. And yeah, this incident happened. And they, and when I spoke to the police, she said that they'll get all the people that have witnessed and split them up and talk to them separately. Mm -hmm. And say there's four witnesses. Mm -hmm. They all account what happened completely different. Like mm -hmm. they're even describing the person who has done the crime, say, even wearing different coloured clothes and things wow. like that. And I'm like, wow, that must be really intense and yeah. tough to like work it out sometimes. She's yeah. like, yeah, it is. And in my situation, yeah, I was with a colleague and there was someone that was under the influence most of drugs and things like that and she was trying to punched my employee basically and I could mm. see it was coming so I just tried to protect him and she put it on me and punched mm. me but which was fine you know I took it but <laughs> I took it, took it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting afterwards because I have a high visual memory I deliberately mm -hmm. like did my photographic memory that I needed to so I when I was talking to the police I could identify her 100% right, right. Then after the incident, I spoke to my colleague and they couldn't really remember what 
this mm. person was wearing. Mm-hmm. And I was just blown away in that moment that right. it had happened. And we were the only two people there in close proximity mm. and the difference Super proud of myself, though. I identified her perfectly because mm-hmm. I then caught her on video and they're like, you, oh, wow. you identified her perfectly, like down to the description, but it's because I have a highly photographic memory when mm-hmm. I need to use it. But I just thought it was a very fascinating moment and that yeah. was when she opened up to say, yeah, it's tough sometimes, like all these witnesses and they all see completely four different things or three different things depending yeah. on the numbers of people. I think that highlights yeah. just in that situation, like everyone experiences the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but have completely different experiences and perceptions yeah. Yeah. and takeaways from it. Yeah. The thing is, is when you, what you condemn someone else, you affirm in yourself. Okay. So when I condemn someone, I say, you're wrong and you shouldn't be preaching like that. There's a part of me that would judge me for being wrong yeah. about okay. something. So if I found out that I was wrong, I would be, I would be so distraught. So if anyone rubs you up the wrong way, so to speak. Right. Or if I found out somehow that the God that I believed in, it all was a sham, I would have, my whole identity would be broken. And that's why I'm defending it. That's why I'm saying you're wrong. You shouldn't do that. But what I'm really saying is I really hope I'm not wrong because I'm putting a lot of my identity. So that then says to me, do you really believe? Yeah. No. Right. Because you wouldn't, the person preaching, right. Unless it's, really true for them in that moment they're an extension of love embodied of love living if they're an extension in that moment and they were called forth in service to do that great but if they're preaching to convince they're really just preaching to convince themselves. and for someone to condemn them they're just saying well i just really hope you're not right because if you turn out to be right that's going to mean something bad for me it's not always my whole religion or spiritual practice is going to be shattered but some definition says if you're right i'm blank something bad about me i'm less than i'm wrong yeah interesting you say it's important to detach from the history of the physical self what do you mean by this yeah so if we look around in this room i look at everything in here and i go i remember i got this couch i bought it from that one person on this like weird app and i remember how this couch got here and like that that and that the table and um, my car, you know, I got my car when I was um, 21, it was Mercedes, and I thought I was like a hot shot. And so I, everything that I have, there's a story and a history behind it. Mm-hmm. And it creates a filter of perception. So I see this couch, I know kind of how much it was, quote, worth. I know where it's from. I know all this stuff about it based on what I know. Yeah. Same with the, with the um, table, same with my car. So then I just go through life and everything is, has this history attached to it. It's known. So I'm never experiencing anything as new and it keeps me stuck in time. It keeps me stuck in, I know all of this and it's helping me know who I am. I know that cars and Mercedes Benz and this is what Mercedes means and stands for. And this is why I got it. And all these stories and perceptions about what led up to me getting it and what led up to this moment versus being able to experience it again for the first time so you can be more on in it living within a heaven on earth when you give things the experience or you give yourself the experience of experiencing things for the first time so i'm not calling this a couch i know it is intellectually i'm not looking around being like look at that thing (laughs) right but i see it and instead of seeing it as i know it i let myself see it for the first time okay what this is this can be new to me how do you do this that? can be new 
That's an interesting. Right. So it's just, it's, it's knowing that the you that say got, I'll use the car, the yeah. me that got the car when I was 21, that me no longer exists. The reason why I got the car and everything about me having that car was all the products of my smaller self, which yeah. was also a creation of mine. And because time isn't real, this whole linear time, yeah. we've heard this for a thousand years, time's an illusion. All that means is we're just here in the now. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, when has it not been here now? Mm. Ever. Always well, now. I had a funny moment with that about time. Like mm-hmm. I went back to Australia the other month mm-hmm. and I've got friends all around the world. And I got so confused. I was in mm-hmm. New Zealand on a um, joining flight. Mm-hmm. My brother's contacting me and friends are contacting me. And I was getting so confused on time because I know how to do everything backwards from LA, but I was in mm-hmm. like New Zealand for a moment. I'm trying to do Australia and LA and Europe and all of this. Mm-hmm. And then I just laughed and I thought, who gives a shit? It's just yeah. now. Like, why who cares? Like, wherever everyone is in the world, yeah. who cares that, you know, Australia lives in the future because it's always a day ahead of yeah. what we yeah. are. And this, I'm like, it's too confusing. Everyone, and I just conclude, I'm like, everyone's just awake. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whatever. No, that's so powerful because it's how you observe your environment is going to determine who you think you are. So when I show up and I say, oh, this is a like luxury apartment and it's for people at this type of thing. Yeah. I'm saying I'm that type of person versus letting myself be just what I want to be or who I am now in this moment. So that's the visual part. Everything I see, if I just take back the history from it, okay, I'm not going to define all these things from what I was taught. And it's just the awareness that you've been doing that and, and seeing where you've been doing that. And then simply letting yourself see it new without the story, without the history attached to it. It's about taking that to yourself. So you say, okay, I've had all these experiences in my life. They no longer exist in this moment. The only reason I'm going to feel guilt, attachment, regret, is because I think that's still real. Mm -hmm. I think that's who I am. No, no, no. That's an experience you had. The, The part of you that thinks that's you is your small self because you're still identified with an experience of the physical reality of mm. your story. And your story is a small blip in the eternal. Oh, I know. It's a small little blip. <laughs> You've had thousands of lives and, you know, so it's a small little thing. And those experiences were had to learn something. Mm. And because you're not or in that anymore, or to wake you up. Yeah. So because you're not in that experience anymore, you don't need that experience anymore. Or you'd still yeah. be in it. Yeah, which repeated sometimes. Right, where you could repeat it in different ways. Yeah. But that specific one happened. You'll never revisit that same exact thing again. Maybe things similar. You'll never have that same exact experience again. So for you to say, oh, wait, I know who I am. I'm the youngest kid in my family. I'm the, I'm the this. I'm the, we're like, we've talked about in the last episode. I'm this and I'm that. That's, you're going to start taking your history and then, they say history repeats itself you're going to repeat the history if you say that's who i am i'm american all this stuff is created and this stuff is real yeah it's all it's all just lies so you just start saying oh my god all my history has nothing to do with who i am Mm -hmm. and it's this moment of transcendence where you're like well if this is who i thought i was but none of it's who i really am what old habits get to go with that what old, old, What do I think is possible now for me? I identify so long as a hard worker. 
So if I'm not, I'm not a hard worker, does that mean I can do easy work now? Because a hard worker will never do anything easy. They'll push away. No, that's not me. So now can Too I... Too easy, can't trust that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so then you'll be open to receiving in a new way. So many new things will be possible for you because you're not who you think you are. You're more in alignment and identify with the I am, yeah. right? The d- divine part of you. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a really cool process. So detachment something that I've talked about a lot in mm-hmm. my podcasts and I talk about, and I, I, and I want you to define it to, to another, like to put it in your words, mm-hmm. but I always say that I don't attach to anything, to be mm-hmm. connected and to experience it, mm-hmm. but not to attach. Mm-hmm. I think it can possibly come across to some people as possibly being cold. If you're mm-hmm. detached, you must be a cold person, mm-hmm. but that's not what I mean. So I'd mm-hmm. love for you to yeah. explain what detachment means or not to be attached yeah. to something yeah. for our listeners. So I, I feel attachment is need. Is yeah. a feeling of need. Now, there's very few things that we actually need. Water, oxygen, uh, shelter, sleep, sun, creative expression, and a relationship with something. And if we, food. If we, oh, and food. <laughs> if, we have a, if we don't have a relationship with something, and it can, it can even be a rock, it could be any other form of something, if we're just pure in isolation and we're not having a relationship with the spirit... Will die. Yes, yeah, like connection. what happened to a baby. Yes, the connection yeah. piece, and then creative expression. If we're not expressing ourselves in any way, and we're all and we're repressing over time, we'll, we will die. Okay. Um, and then you have like the basic biological needs. Yeah. That's actually all you need. So when you feel like you need something beyond those, you're attached. You're saying, "I need this thing," or "I'm unsafe. I'm not worthy. I'm not this or that." Often it's relationships, money, status. Yeah. That's really what it is. And what else? Power, maybe. Power, yeah. So those are the main attachments. The funny part about attachment is when you become detached, you almost feel like you're like nonchalant. Like, I don't care. I want to whatever. And you're just like, you're, you're, you have a level of carefreeness. That's when you open up your receptivity to all those things. Mm. So when I'm detached from having a relationship, this is the paradox. And if we think of creation itself, right? All things came from nothing. Paradox. Yin and yang, paradox. So this is the point of power that we need to activate. Paradox is I want it, but I don't need it. I want it, but I don't need it. That's your place of power. I want it, but I'm not attached. So if you want a relationship, but you're, you don't need it, you're going to be a magnet for one because you're not going to be insecure when you're dating, yeah. right? You'll approach somebody and if they reject you, you go, I don't care. I don't need you. Yeah, and you're not flaunting that in their face because then you're most likely then you're, you're having some sort of wall saying well I don't need you screw you you're projecting Yeah, but it's just a knowing that mm-hmm. this is going to be great if you don't like it if you don't like me if you don't approve if you don't find me attractive that's okay I don't need that yeah. so that's the most powerful place you can be completely detached from all results because you can't control results or outcomes mm-hmm. so me engaging with someone on a date or any sort of relationship, I can't control how it turns out. I can just control the process and my choices. So if you're detached from the, the outcome, but you're present in the process, then that's the process where the juice is anyway. I love that. Detached from the outcome, but present in the process. Yeah, that was that's the first beautiful. time I ever said that. I like that. I really like I that. I make Instagram <laughs> meme. Yeah, meme that. <laughs> that's yeah. good. 
So you also say uh, it's important to attach from history of all other people and things. What, why and how do we do this? So people mm-hmm. as well, because we're focused on yep. things before. So I'll use my mom, for example. Mm-hmm. You're my mom and a mom has these type of rules, these type of uh, I'm supposed to receive you a certain way. You're supposed to receive me a certain way. We're supposed to communicate to each other a certain way. There's certain things I'm not supposed to say to my mom. There's certain things yeah. you're not supposed to say to me. All of these are... You're only going to know your mom through the construct of what you think a mom is. So when you're labeling her mom, you're going to say, oh, I don't want to talk to her about this or that, which there's judgment there. You're saying it's bad or wrong or I'm unsafe or I might get rejected or embarrassed or whatever if I go there. Mm. If I talk to her about sex, if I talk to her about her relationship with your uh, your dad, Mm. anything like that, those topics you're not supposed to talk about. Because it's not what the mom and dad, uh, father, sorry, the mom and son or mom and daughter relationship is supposed to be like. So we create these labels that then the labels contain a definition. The definition contain all these rules and roles. Mm -hmm. So when you start looking at all these relationships in your life, you're like, God, man, this is my friend. This is what we do. And this is, we we don't really go anywhere else besides that. And this is what I do with them. And this, you're just compartmentalizing all these areas of your life. Then, you put a mask on and you show up to each area of life differently to be received and expressed how you're supposed to in each area. All right, now I'm going to go be the son. Now I'm going to go be the boyfriend. Now I'm going to go be the friend. Now I'm going to mm-hmm. go be the comedian. Now I'm going to go be the meditator. Mm-hmm. So a definition of mastery that I love is you show up to every relationship as the same you. Mm. So if you're not doing that, you're really just, it's going to be exhausting because you're going to, continue to be someone you're not even in subtle ways but you'll 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 never just let yourself be truly authentic in the moment from who you are Mm -hmm. and that's the best way you can serve humanity because you're giving everyone that you come in contact with permission to do that as well and that's actually what everyone wants is just Mm -hmm. permission to be fully them and Mm -hmm. express however they want with no judgment full safety so you need to go first if you want someone to change can't change them the only thing you can do is be the example of the change, mm. right? So when you change yourself, you're holding a vibration that you're, you're emitting different, mm. there's different chemicals in your body that are emitting something different. You don't have to say anything or do anything. You just have to be that in the relationship. And then you lift and you give them an opportunity to match you. Mm. It's not saying I need you to come up here you need to change. I just prefer being here because it feels good. There needs to be no other reason. And sometimes it does fall away though if the other person can't step up because yep. you just throw on two different vibes, Exactly. Basically. And, and that's okay too. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my thing for a while. It's like the path that I'm taking, it's, it's very um, different than my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've always, I've just been so lucky, always unconditional support. But that didn't keep me from having stories. Mm. So there was still a part of me that's like, wow, well, if I was really successful financially because my parents, you know, they work really hard and mm. whatnot. And if I just, you know, made, a, you know, had like a $30,000 a month or something and, mm. or made like a million bucks, what would they think? So I still had those stories, even though they were really unconditional with their support. Do whatever you want, we'll back you up. And, yeah, I've had the same yeah. thoughts as well. And and you need to make peace with that in order to be yeah. able to be in that yeah. position. Well, because I realized if I truly want to serve them, I need to be the permission, not their competition, their permission that they can do the same. And yeah. I've been preaching it all my life. 
but it wasn't until I stopped preaching it and started being it that they actually started making changes. Mm-hmm. My mom got her real estate license, sold a house, made like 20 grand. It's more than she makes in a year at her job. Incredible. My dad, he's opened up to me about all this deep stuff from mm-hmm. his childhood. And he's also looking to starting, starting his own like design business. And he's like starting to get creative. And none of this stuff was like my suggestion. I never said you should do this or try this. I just did me proved that it was safe, proved I wasn't going to die, be judged, be persecuted. And then they sit, they, they were lucky enough to see the journey. They saw me from womb, you know, (laughs) to now. So they're like, okay, this has to be possible to do what I love and be supported in every way. Cause Mm. I've seen him from, you know, being on the teat Mm. and like full dependency to where he is now but even when you weren't happy as well they've seen that yeah. and seen the difference i've had the same yeah. sort of thing my mother has booked a trip um, a flight out from australia to los angeles to mm. see me in a couple of months and that's like a huge step for her yeah, yeah. she smokes a lot and it's a 16 hour flight and that's not including like being in the airport and all of that sort mm. of stuff and i didn't think that she would ever book that flight because yeah. i knew how big of a thing it is but she's like totally got herself empowered and decided yeah. to do it and i'm super proud yeah, of her that yeah. she's well, check this doing out. that flight this is just coming through now because you're saying this when someone goes on a vacation okay let's think about smoking for a second i'm smoking because i feel resistance to my natural self i'm being someone i'm not because i'm buying into beliefs that make me feel disempowered and because i don't have the tools resources and awareness to deal with it i just need to don't want to feel like this anymore so i'm going to do something to stimulate a different emotion this is how all habits and addictions form. So I'm smoking, I'm smoking. Okay, I've released resistance. I've shifted, my, I've changed my state. So all of a sudden you book a vacation. What does that do? Changes your state. state. Yeah. So now you don't need the cigarette. You booked the vacation. You're doing something oh. different. You're more excited. You already have in your mind, I'm going to relax when I get there. And your focus is on relaxation. We only live in the now. You're pulling the vacation mindset and belief and feeling into the now just by focusing on it so why do you need a cigarette if you're not feeling any of the feelings that required you to smoke a cigarette wow did you hear that mom (laughs) (laughs) my mom smokes as well yeah when she's on vacation she never we we on crew we used to go on cruises a bunch we go here and there now and every single cruise and these are like seven to ten day cruises no smoking and no cravings because she's with her family, feeling fully loved, no responsibility, not doing it, no obligation, just yeah. good food, hanging out by the pool. Why smoke? Everything's oh, we just great. Need have a vacation forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cruise, get on a cruise. It's a three hundred sixty-five day cruise. <laughs> yeah, then we're all good. <laughs> so, self-love. This is a big one. This is actually what I think will heal humanity. Is my personal opinion. Uh, if every single one of us feel a healthy dose of self-love. Mm-hmm. You say we should bless what we've previously judged, hated within ourselves and others. Can you explain how we do this? Because obviously mm-hmm. by doing that, blessing it, that will lead us to yep. self-love. Yeah. So like you said, every trauma, all our drama, all these things, we're only perceiving, perceiving them that way because of some belief about ourselves, which was formed from typically between zero and seven, where we learned our ego was formed. This is who I am. This is my worth. This is all these things. So we take that throughout our life, and then we recreate experiences for ourselves to show ourselves what we're believing. So knowing that you're the cause and creator of that 
yeah. should give you power and being able to take the responsibility back. Okay, none of this stuff happened to me. I created it for myself. No one can create something for me. I created the experience for myself and the cause of the pain and the source of the pain were different. The source of the pain was in that moment, the trauma or whatever I went through, the source of the pain was in that moment, the other person that was involved. The cause of the pain was the meaning and the power that I gave the moment. Mm. I said, this moment means something about me. This means I'm broken. This means I'm this or that. So these are the things that hurt us. And it's, so it's never the per other person, even if it's physical, that might be the source of the pain in that moment, but you're no longer in that moment. Physical pain heals, mm. right? The cause of the pain is the story that you're still telling about it. Because I was abused, I'm this. Because I was beaten, I'm worthless. Because this, uh, my dad left me, all men are evil. Mm. A lot of these beliefs and stories we're not aware of. So it's about finding when, when you're in pain in the moment, it's about asking yourself, what must I be believing? Mm. That's when these are gonna start coming up. But to answer your question, knowing, like if you're listening, you're in a place of knowing what hurt me and how can I bless that? That was unfair. Mm. I was taken advantage of. I was this, I was that. If that's what you're still believing, then that thing in the past is still in the present. It's not in the past. You're believing that right now. Yeah. You are experiencing that right now. And that's your choice. So first thing is take responsibility. No one's doing this to you, but you. You're choosing to see it and feel it that way because you're not open to a possibility of transforming it. So that's your first. Take responsibility. You're choosing this. Mm -hmm. Second is to find a lie. Like I said before, ask yourself, what am I actually believing here? What's the belief that I formed from this incident? Because like I said, the incident didn't hurt you. The story, the belief, your perception did. So what are you making that mean about you? Identify that. When you identify that, almost all of your work is done because instantly you're like, this cannot line up. This doesn't make sense. This person abusing me and beating me when I was five doesn't mean I'm worthless. Show me evidence that that's true. I've asked my clients that. Show me evidence that that's true. What can you show me? Uh, nothing. <laughs> right? So what I tell people is when those bad things happen to you, you weren't the object of someone's hate. You were a witness in their disconnection from love. Very different. It's actually a projection of their pain on you. Not, yeah. that, it's, not that it was the right thing for them to do. Definitely right. not. But that is actually yeah. what was happening. But it was presented. Like you experienced it. It was presented to you so you can witness what a lack of love was. So then you can transcend that. Mm. So you can have that experience and then transform it. This is going from dark to light is transformation. Mm. That's the essence of transformation. That's what I do. I help people go from dark to light. So when they see something in dark that was presented to them so they can have the experience, experience of going from dark to light. Mm. So if they see that, they say, oh, that." I created that for myself to be in the dark so I can come to the light for myself and for all of humanity. That's a really powerful manifestation for myself. So it's about first seeing why that lie, that seeing the lie for what it is, and then about finding the service in it. What is the gift? How is this serving me? From this point forward, how can I use this in a positive way? As soon as you can identify what that is, you can bless it. You can say God, and because then, then you make the choice. This will always activate a new choice. You'll never find the new choice until you go through that process mm. of feeling, 
taking your power back and finding the service. Because if you're not feeling, you're still resisting, you're still judging, you're at the same state of consciousness that you were to five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. You have to let yourself feel and process and start detaching from it because you recognize the lie. When you recognize the lie, your logical brain goes, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. I can't believe what I know that doesn't make sense. It's like the only part of our logic that really helps us. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, wait, this doesn't make sense. I'm not going to believe something that doesn't make sense. So when it doesn't make sense to you and you stop, ju- really the core of this is judgment. You stop judging it as bad. Mm-hmm. You take all that judgment. Judgment creates an emotional charge. Yeah. You judge something as bad. It will keep recreating itself in different forms until you release that judgment. It totally does. Yeah. So you take that judgment back. In that moment, there's space in between you and that thing. You mm-hmm. start feeling like this thing is not controlling me anymore. Okay, now what do I want to do with it? It's not until you get that like groovy feeling where you're like, oh, I can do I feel better. I'm starting to feel like, be, be better already. I'm feeling more empowered. From that state, you say, what's my new choice? Mm-hmm. And as soon as you take the action, the action is the last and final piece. Like I always said, the smallest piece, but really important still. That proves that you've changed. You can sit there and see a different big, I've changed. But if you keep going back to your old ways, you're just going to reconvince yourself that you have so changed. So I think the universe throws it back at you in a different form to make sure that you change. Exactly. And then if you don't really react or attach, yep. then you know you change. Yeah, yeah. because people, people think the universe tests you, but really because we're in a delayed reality, right? Yeah. I, if I'm meditating on creating, uh, attracting a partner, which is basically what I did to find my queen, yeah. Oh, I love you call her a queen as well. Yeah. Every time I hear a man call his partner a queen, I'm super stoked. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you were the king. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, that's what I did. I had to take the action, you know, yeah. I couldn't just sit there. No, she wasn't going to walk through the front door on your seat. Right. And she'd be like, yeah. hey, babe, I'm here. <laughs> right, right. And in between, if I kept getting old reflections of where I used to be before I made that, I set that intention, most people take that as proof that, this doesn't work. Life's unfair. I haven't changed. Look, nothing's changed yet. I'll throw in there that I have the perception, instead of seeing rejection as like rejection hurtful, mm-hmm. see it as protection and redirection. Mm. So just that maybe that person wasn't right for you for whatever reason, so you just got saved. And you don't even know what you got saved from mm-hmm. or why, and it's not necessarily they're a bad person, but it's not in alignment with you. Right, right. So rejection is redirection and protection. Right, right. I love that. Mm. It's like <laughs> so think of it like this way like like a yo-yo okay like you're holding a yo-yo you're who you are now you throw the yo-yo down right when it leaves your hand you have this new insight you change completely you process years of trauma in a moment yeah okay the yo-yo that came from your hand is still going to come down and come back up as the same yo-yo so to change the yo-yo you still have to deal with the one that you have for a little bit yeah it's not like Instantly, the yo-yo transforms and your whole life changes. The new car, the new person, just because you changed. That old yo-yo, that thing, that vibration that you were emitting is still calling to you physical evidence. So it will shift. And then often, not always, but often, we'll still experience kind of proof or evidence or an old reflection of where we were. Okay. Right? And now people say, oh, it's testing us. No, no, no. If we lived in an instant manifestation type reality everything i'm afraid of would be instantly it wouldn't it wouldn't serve us we need the delay to manage our own vibration 
We need oh, a little that's space. Really nice way to look at it. Yeah, delay to it's it's for us. It, yeah. So a lot of times we're just experiencing a delay and change, and we think that that means we're not doing it right. So yeah. it's about just, and this is the key phrase. It's not about what happens to you. It's about what you do about what happens. Yeah. So if you truly changed, you don't need the results to change. Yeah. If I truly am healed, I don't need the relationship to then prove it. I'm, I'm just healed. And if I get rejected again, I just respond to that as my healed self. Yeah. And I do that a couple of times. All of a sudden, I'm just further accelerating what I'm attracting and calling, calling in. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So why is self-love important for our relationships and in particular when dating or in a romantic relationship? Mm-hmm. So if you're not, if you don't love yourself, then you will always seek whatever you think is going to complete you or give you the love that you're seeking if you are love seeking then you are never going to you're going to go on an endless journey that goes nowhere so when you're love seeking you can't serve the way you're meant to serve you will fall into ego patterns addiction i mean over time even even love addiction i've just love addiction an episode of this that was actually why i couldn't come to your event i was talking about love addiction yeah 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 so you just seek validation yeah and then anything that threatens that that you perceive as a threat will create anxiety so if you here are symbolizing my worth anything that jeopardizes that i'm gonna deem as bad Mm. or or scary so you're gonna create a relationship based in fear and control so first way to real to to ask yourself, okay, am I do I really love myself? Is am I in fear of them leaving or am I attempting to control them? That's mm-hmm. always based in your own fear. And fear yeah. is a symptom of lack of self-love. If you fully love yourself, that means you are love. Fear can't exist at the same time. They're just two different you can't experience the same two different emotions. Yes, that's what my coach she says. She's it she always says you're either in faith or love yeah. or fear. You can't be in both. You're yeah. actually always in every moment, picking one or the other is yeah. a choice. Yeah. So here's the thing. I'll put a twist on this. You're, it's not bad or wrong to not love yourself and be in a relationship because you're always going to attract a mirror. You're going to attract somebody that is looking for someone that needs them. So if I feel like I need someone to be okay because I don't love myself. I need someone else to be there because mm-hmm. I can't be with myself. There's a difference mm-hmm. between being by yourself and with yourself. Well, what's that? Let's break that Being down. by yourself is when you feel alone. Okay. I'm by myself. I'm disconnected. I'm separate. Being with yourself is loving being with yourself. It's having a relationship with yourself. Yeah. Being okay. Loneliness and being alone are two different ideas. Yeah. Loneliness is a energetic, emotional state of being. Being alone describes a physical point of view. Yeah. People can be in a room with a hundred people and feel alone. Yeah. People can be by themselves and feel alive and connected to source yeah. and God and the universe. So those are two totally different ideas. When you merge them as one, oh, when I'm alone, I'm lonely. You'll never have a relationship with somebody else that matters. That's mm-hmm. meaningful. You'll have people that come in and out, but it's just, you're, you're just attracting someone that says, I need someone that I want someone that needs me. So someone that feels really in, insignificant is going to attract someone searching for their own significance. So I'm finding my significance in our relationship. This person, I'm finding my significance in your need for me. Mm. But I don't want, I don't, and most likely what will happen is it'll be kind of like, I don't really need you, but I want you to need me. 
Oh yeah, you hear that all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't want. I just want them to just control this. power yeah. and struggle, right? So if you're in that, the best thing you could do is ask yourself, why do you believe? What what must you believe to to feel like you need someone there to feel good, to mm. be okay, to feel validated or loved? That's where you have to start. And then second, not judge that person for participating as your mirror. Because you've invited that. You have to take responsibility. I'm inviting someone in that wants to take advantage of me seeking love. They're taking advantage of it by saying, I'll control you. I'll make decisions for you. I'll be the one that you, you just put all of everything that you are into me. And I'll, I'll be the one that proves that you're worthy. But if I'm gone, you're nothing. I know I have like, control over you. This is the toxic relationship. You have to take responsibility for calling that in. Mm. everything in your life is you you've agreed to mm. even where you're sitting right now like the color of these walls i've either agreed to them because i haven't changed them so i said yeah this this could stay or i painted it you everything in my life there's there's not one thing that i cannot agree to even the drama or trauma on some level yeah so you have to realize take responsibility wow i've created this relationship i've created the pain because he's doing it but i'm agreeing to it so yeah. on this level, I'm creating all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to, it always goes back. You're a creator of your mm-hmm. reality, reality entirely, not 99%, 100%. So let me take responsibility for this. From that place, you can change. If you're blaming them, you're trying to control them back, you're judging them as right or wrong, you're already out. Mm-hmm. Game's already over. So you have to take responsibility and say, okay, why am I creating this for myself? Well, I'm creating this to show me that I actually don't need this to love myself because this isn't working. I'm not feeling any better. So I'm creating evidence that this must be not where to look. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful creation that I would create for myself mm-hmm. just to, to learn that I don't have to seek love for myself and others. Mm-hmm. And when you learn that gift, that relationship, that fuse will start dying. The magnetic pull to I need this person that's toxic for me will start going away because that energetic charge is released. Yeah. You're no longer needing it Mm. so it's about you and that's why the foundation of my work is integration integrating the beliefs that are keeping that charge and that person there and you so attracted or feeling like you need Mm. it so bad it's about integrating those beliefs Mm. and then it has to go away it has to go away or the feelings become totally different and it's a totally different relationship as if the relationship changed and he was a new person or she was a new person so either the relationship has to transform or it just goes away. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So we're going to finish it there and I'm going to leave you with this. In the end, I believe there is a huge difference between existing and truly living and choices. So what will your choice be today? My choice be today? <laughs> you don't have to answer that. That's <laughs> for all you listeners. What will your choice be today? I'll leave you to ponder on that. You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email my question at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe. 
rate and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.